Good day, good day, and welcome to Your Voice, Your Power. I am Anika Wilson, and today I have a podcast power panel. And we all love the panels because there is nothing like diversity, there is nothing like a conversation, and there is nothing like getting different perspectives from around the world. And we're coming literally from around the world today, y'all. So I want to start off the what it means to be a man panel with our first guest, Sean McBride. Hey, Sean. Hey, everybody. Sean McBride here. Uh, people call me the R Sean because a lot of my audiences, after I spoke, I was using my first initial and they started using the O-U-R. So you might see that out there. But I'm about doing business differently and preparing people for the future of business. Uh, men in business, women in business, very interesting topic for me. I gave a TEDx speech years ago on women in business, spoke at TEDx Women. He's the only male speaker. So uh, a lot of times I get asked to speak about men, women issues. It's something I'm constantly brought into. It's something I give a lot of thought to. And I think there's a place for both men and women in the workplace. How do we get these conversations going the right way? How do we get some harmony going in light of recent events? That's one of the things I'm constantly thinking about. And I'm hopeful today's conversation will maybe bring some light to that. And we'll dive into that a little bit and add some value to our audience as well. Because I think part of being a man is being part of the community and working well with women and working well with everybody else around us. I love it, Sean, because you talk about being, uh, you know, you said community, which a lot of people don't integrate those concepts when you're talking about, you know, gender or work or business. Everybody thinks that it has to be either women or men, but they often segregate instead of integrate. And that's why I'm trying to integrate men into the conversation, because I don't like only having a women platform. I think that it is important that we all understand each other because it has to do with family. It has to do with communities and work business. So I totally agree. And I definitely would love to talk to you more about you talking at women platforms because you're about the third man that I have actually talked to who is, is bridging that gap and it needs to be bridged. So thank you for what you do. Sure. We'd love to chat more on that. And yeah, like I say, it's all about that community and a team and there's, you know, it's, we gotta be careful about having just the men thing, just the women thing. Yes, there are places for that. And sometimes maybe we got to go back and talk about the unique experiences we're having as men, unique experience we're having in women. How do we face it? But I think we need to have more global conversations among the genders where we're all working together. We're all part of the same team with the same goal. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah, I agree with that too, Sean. I think that's great. So hello, my name is Colin Ryan. I am a comedic financial speaker. I've written a book, A Comedic Guide to Money. It's a good tool for young adults. And my job is really to make the subject of money come to life for young people. And I also train educate, educators and entrepreneurs to craft a really effective message because something like finance is really tough. And uh, to get across. And it's another great example. It's very gendered. Uh, one of the first things I noticed is that in financial education, I work primarily with women who are in that profession. And yet in finance, it's primarily men. And I thought, well, that's odd, you know, and if you work up the ladder in the finance education office, it's primarily men who are in power. And I found that to be very strange. Um, I'll get into it later. But you know, I don't personally feel that we're that different. I think we are so fundamentally the same and we are socialized differently and have very different experiences. But to echo what Sean and Anika are saying, I think we can learn so much from each other and we should be having those conversations like Sean's having where you're the only man in a room of women or the only one room of men and you're, you're just really aiming to learn from each other. So I'm psyched to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to have you because my husband is a economist and it is totally a man's world to me because I think women, when it comes to money, we do think differently about it. Um, but it is mostly a men's field. Um, there are a lot of things that are like that. Um, there are certain fields that are that way that I think there's a lot of change coming. But like you said, um, women are more on the education side and I'm seeing a lot more women trying to force education on it. But like you said, as you go up, it definitely does change. Um, and so I'm, I'm glad that you are part of that conversation. And I know when I saw that you were a comedic, um, I was like, hmm, what does this look like? That has to be interesting. 
Uh, I think it's a requirement, Anika. <laughs> I think, you know, early on, I would tell people I'm a finance speaker and they'd be like, cool, cool. <laughs> like, bye. La, 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 la. <laughs> and so it just became a product of like, how do you share your job in a way where people are compelled? We all know as adults, this is a valuable subject, but that doesn't mean you're going to go out of your way to learn more. Mm -hmm. So that became just like a pretty obvious uh, crowdsourced piece of data was like, oh, they're bored if I don't say comedic. <laughs> and I do tend to have fun and I like everyone has their own stories. So it's kind of, yeah, it's a lot funnier than people expect. I think that that's more effective too, though, you know, and that's the, the goal of most entrepreneurs is we have to find ways to be effective because we, we, you know, we're lose the crowd. And that's the whole thing about having the freedoms and the luxury of doing it on our own instead of being in corporations and institutions where we're forced to do it their way. I remember when I was a, ther I was a therapist and a correction officer, and those are systematized. Like, you cannot, you cannot deviate from the process. And I hated it. I was like, I cannot wait. I hate conforming. But realistically, we wonder why people don't want to listen to mental health. Because mm. they make it boring. Who wants to talk about it the way they want to talk about it? So I sure. love what you're doing, because that, that seems Thank like... You. So much more fun than the way that we we learn it which is why none of us learned it originally <laughs> agreed <laughs> all right so matt can you introduce yourself to listeners and tell them who you are and how you fit into this amazing subject i will definitely try my best so my name is matt woodrum i am founder and ceo of a company called wrestling with fatherhood our wrestling with fatherhood is all about equipping men to discover their strengths understand their value uh, discover their uh, or accomplish their goals and live out their dreams to become their children's biggest heroes. You know, we live in a world right now where men don't understand the like their value in their family. They don't understand how important they have they are into the family. They don't understand what their role is. That's why like a conversation like this is so crazy important. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that you used to be a uh, a prison guard. I used to do prison ministry. Uh, I did it in uh, three men's prisons, and I did it in women's in a women's prison, and it's and I'm sure we can we can get into that a little bit later if uh, if you want, but it's insane how much the things as men, the things that we say and the things that we do, and how much it really matters to our sons and daughters. And as men, we have no idea how valuable we are. The things that we say matter. The things that we do matter. So, man, I'm so excited to be on this podcast. Uh, and looking forward to a great conversation. I love it because uh, one of the worst experiences I had was as a guard. I was one of the only women. Men did not want me there. And, you know, and not to mention I'm ethnic in a place where it, that wasn't wanted either. And I had to fight and I had to find myself. And I think that's how I became a warrior because I, I came out of that. I did 10 years and I learned a lot. But you know, we have to break those barriers. We have to just, we got to kill all of that because it makes no sense and it's keeping us behind. But to your point about, um, about wrestling with fatherhood, I think that this is something like premarital counseling that needs to be provided to all men, you know, because we go through Lamaze classes as women, but a lot of times people don't know what to expect as they're reaching fatherhood and people are afraid to ask for help, but this is an ongoing thing. I mean, you have a lot of people having children later in life too. I mean, it's, you know, the ages are different. The gener I have three different children, but they they seem generation, like they were born at different times because things change so much. So I, I love what you're doing because I think it's really important that men teach men because, you know, a lot of people think I was a single mom for 10 years. People think that women want to do it. No, no, we don't want to. It's more effective, I think, when men teach men. And so I'm loving what you're doing because it is definitely, definitely needed. So thank you. You know, I like I, 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 my my mom uh, brought me up half of my life as a as a single mom, and so my I've I've got a real soft spot there for for women and doing the best that they can, and like they're doing a fantastic job. But like as men, we need to understand that you know, and, and I hate the. I hate the phrase man up. I like to say dad up. It's time for dads as men for us to stand, understand this, not just responsibility, but this awesome responsibility that we have to our children and how incredibly valuable we are. And that doesn't devalue the, you know, our wives or the women in our life or, or, you know, the children's mom. Instead, I believe that it, it increases their value. 
you know, there's a common saying that a rising, a rising tide raises all ships. And if we understand how insanely valuable we are individually, and we can implement that into our wives and into our sons, into our daughters, then, you know, our sons and our daughters can become, you know, high class CEOs. Yeah. They can become, you know, high paying doctors. They can become, you know, the first female president of the United States. I've got a six year old daughter right now who wants to be an astronaut, who wants to be a doctor, who wants to be a waitress, and who wants to be a mom. And instead of the comment, oh, you know, sweetie, I think you need to be a little bit more realistic. I tell her, and I firmly believe this, that she can absolutely do whatever it is that she puts her mind to. It's going to be some insanely hard work. And if she's willing to put forth that hard work, she can accomplish whatever goal she puts in front of her. I love it because my daughter actually had a teacher tell her to be realistic when she said she wanted to go to Juilliard. And I, I almost lost it. Because, you know, you don't ever tell a kid that they can't do whatever it is that they're dreaming to do. We want our kids to dream because too many times they don't. And so we need to keep that going. And so, yes, I totally agree. And there's somebody else on the call, our last introduction, who actually can piggyback on that as he was raised by a woman. Um, I want to introduce Leo, who is coming from somewhere we all want to be right now. So I just put it out there. Leo's coming from Turks and Caicos. So Leo, can you tell everybody who you are and what you do? All right, guys. So it's a pleasure to be on such a, a great, great podcast today. Um, learning how to be a man is something that um, a journey. It's a journey that I'm still going through. Um, I wrote a book, a book recently called "It's Not a Man's World." Um, and the reason for the title is because I was raised by my grandmother and my mother. Um, I didn't have a male figure in my life. And I wanted to pretty much tell my story on how I was able to find my path, how I was able to uh, accomplish the goals that I've, I've accomplished thus far in life. Um, my mom was someone that worked pretty much all day. so. I was pretty much raised by television and my community. And um, my grandmother also, um, she, she wasn't married. Um, so she herself came from um, raising children without the male figure in the home. And so my goal for writing this is to try to stop that in some way by having, having more conversations about it. Um, a few years ago, me and a group of young males, we got together and we started um, a web show called Open Thought, and we talked about um, issues males face. And so um, I've been doing youth work for the past five years, and I got inspired recently to write this book um, about my journey on how I became this person, this whole person. And, you know, um, I'm excited um, because it's it's... It's me putting myself out there. You know, um, you're, you're getting to see, you're getting to dissect the mind of a fatherless child. You're, you're going to get that with my book. You're going to see the things we wrestle with eternally um, as we try to find our place in this world. Um, Matt talked about, um, you know, um, having someone to give you confidence. I, I, I wish I had that as a male, someone who was in my corner to tell me that. I can take on the world and be an astronaut. I did it. I had to learn that, you know, and I hope, you know, I hope that this conversation can continue um, with the publishing of my book. So it's a pleasure to be on this podcast and thank Anita, uh, I thank Anita for having me here. Um, I'm excited. So I want to ask the question that is the title of each of you. What does it mean to be a man? Well, I think, I mean, traditionally we've been assigned this gender role, right? So, um, you know, but I think it goes beyond that. I mean, there's a dynamic to it. So I, I personally don't like to think of, you know, putting too much on that. It's, if you read the studies, you know, some people have, some people have say that a lot of us have a certain percentage of female characteristics, certain percentage of male characteristics, and we're all a blend. So, you know, for myself, I, I understand I'm a man. I understand that brings certain things with it. You know, I'm coded in certain government statistics. 
and people expect certain things out of me because I'm a man, but I'm a business person. I'm a human. I'm, a, I'm part of the community as we talked about before. So for me, it's, it's a role. It's, I take that responsibility seriously, uh, you know, to kind of Matt's point, you know, there's certain things that are expected in our culture of men and, and dads. And I embrace that. I'm okay with that. And I, I go mainly with the norms on most of that. So for, to me, it's an assignment. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a label and it's my duty to use that label the way I, I see fit, right? I get to adjust that. I have certain expectations. I may or may not always fit into it, you know? And, you know, when I speak to women's audiences, you know, guys are like, well, you're an awful sensitive guy. Yeah, I am. I'm more more on the sensitive side of the spectrum. Uh, I like, I have a lot of female friends. We, we commune, we, we understand each other. We understand that, you know, it's not just pure numbers. It's not just pure business. It's how you feel. So for me, it's a label and I really don't want to, I personally don't want to assign too much weight to that label. It's a starting point. It's kind of an idea, but from there, it's my job to define who I am. And I look at everybody else the same. If I look at a man or a woman, I say, who is that person? Uh, and how are they acting? And is that somebody I want to associate with or not? So I, I personally don't like to get too much tied to labels like that. I mean, Sean, I think that's great awareness. You know, I, I feel like for a lot of us, masculinity is just a list of labels and we're not even aware of it. And it's like masculinity is very specifically a list of things that you're allowed to be and to present as and to be seen as and a bunch of things you're not allowed to be seen as, present as or be. And it's like, who wrote those lists? And, you know, I think, Leo, your comment about being raised by television, that like spoke to me so much because I'm a, a product of divorced parents. And in the summer, I would go see my dad out in California and I didn't have any friends. And he, while he worked, I just sat at home and watched TV. And when he was home, he loves movies. So we watched a lot of movies. And I, I think I downloaded masculinity from the movies that my dad loved. So my dad loved Steve McQueen. Paul Newman, Robert Redford, all these like stoic, silent, emotionless, like tough guys. Uh, Lee Marvin, like all these like old school and, you know, and the modern equivalents as well. And so I think I looked at my dad as like this little boy watching these movies. And I was like, this must be what it means to be a man. What he's looking at is what I'm supposed to try to be. And the problem with that essentially is that I am incapable of hiding my fears and my weakness. I'm just not good at it. And this notion that I'm supposed to hide those things is like impossible for me. And I think impossible for most of us, <laughs> if we're honest. Like, why put so much effort into trying to seem like nothing affects you? I don't understand what the goal is. And I think that growing up older, masculinity to me became being authentic and became showing up in a conversation or in a space in a way where other people feel safe to talk about themselves. And what's cool about that is like, that could not be further from Paul Newman and, you know, these types of Steve McQueen and these like silent movie heroes who I think actually would have been like really tough people to hang out with because <laughs> they never would have communicated with you or like, you know, you would have just felt dumb and like uncool around them. I think that's the danger of being a man and having younger men look at you is that they might miss that being man, being masculine is so it's whatever you need it to be. It's not just this one list. So thanks, Sean and Leo and Matt and Anika. It's like really, it's all really speaking to me. Yeah, Colin, I would. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> My main takeaway from everything everyone is saying thus far is vulnerability, you know, and, and being vulnerable to uh, your experiences, you know. Um, the whole idea for me in, in writing this book was to destroy this whole macho man persona that society has created for us, you know, to be more open uh, about our experience and more authentic because we battle the things as males, but we don't talk about the things that we're going through. You know, and, and my, my, my whole purpose for this book is to start this conversation once and, and to 
be more vulnerable, to crack into this into this uh, narrative that we have to be strong and macho all the time. No, we go through things too. You know, we 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 get emotional sometimes too. You know, it's okay to cry to a movie if you're watching it. You know, we we, we have to uh, promote this idea that it's okay to be human amongst males again. Because I feel as though society has created this 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 image that all of us cannot fit in. Yeah, I love that. I I completely agree, Leo and and Colin. You guys used a word in there that I believe is really important, and that word is the word authentic. Um, I come from you know a little bit of a, a different background, uh, and, and I don't know. And, and I mean, this isn't a uh, you know what what do you believe type thing, but I believe that you know God made men and women. He made them both different. He made them both unique. He made them both special. He made them with you know, like specific and awesome characteristics and stuff like that. In my personal opinion, I think that where we got it wrong is that men are supposed to be just strong physically. They're supposed to be the, you know, the, the physical, you know, beast and stuff like that. And we've lost what it means to be strong mentally and emotionally. Um, and, and that's where I would definitely agree with you guys is that I believe that being strong mentally means it is okay that if I am sad or if I've lost somebody or, or something like that, that I can come inside and I can cry. And I can cry to my friends, I can cry to my wife, I can cry to anyone who's around me. And I believe that that is being strong emotionally. Uh, being strong emotionally doesn't mean that you're hiding your emotions, because I think, you know, as we all know, as, as psychology has proved that it's, like when you start putting stuff on the back burner, and when you start forgetting about yourself, you know, you start losing a piece of yourself. So those, you know, those black and white, you know, what does it mean to be a man movies? I think that they hit on one very small characteristic and yeah, you know what, as a man, it's good to be strong physically. You know, I think that a man's woman and a woman's body were made different for specific purposes and stuff like that. That doesn't mean women can't be strong physically. It can't be men can't be weak, but it means that like as the, as the human race, you know, kind of like what Sean said, uh, is that, you know, I, I don't think we're that we're called to just be strong physically. We're not called to be, you know, domineering and, and overpowering. Uh, instead, I believe that as men, the one of the best things that we can do for our wife and for our children is this, this imagery of uh, what I would call like servant leadership. And what that is, is it's a, you're, you're leading by serving. You're not leading in a sense of, uh, oh, hey, you know, let's do this. Like, go and do this. Go do laundry. Go do you know, dishes. Go, you know, and, and all those different chores. But instead, you go and, you know, your wife gets home from a, a long day at work and you're in the kitchen. You're, you're the one doing dishes. And I believe that that's called, you know, servant leadership where you're willing to go and you're willing to do it first. And I believe that that is called, I believe that that's what is called, you know, being a strong man, you know, not just physically, you know, whatever it's being strong mentally and emotionally. And if something happens to your wife, she's having a bad day at work and she comes in the door and, you know, she's been bossed around or, you know, whatever happened. Being strong means that you're there with her empathetically. And that doesn't just mean that you're hearing her cry. That means you're stepping in, you're, you know, you're embracing her and you're crying with her. Not just to cry, but you're crying because you you almost feel the same pain. And I believe that, you know, that, that's what it means to be a man is that we lead with, uh, again, this idea of servant leadership. And when we understand that it's not just about, oh, you know, I can be macho, you know, strong and, and, and stuff like that. When we understand that, then we can get on a better page with our wife and we can have stronger marriages, stronger marriages, equal stronger children that are going to be brought up in a great household that, you know, as I said in our intro, you know, our sons and our daughters, both of them are going to be able to accomplish awesome things. I don't have a son. Uh, I don't know if that's, don't have a son or I don't have a son yet, but you know, whether I have a son or a daughter, they're both gifts. They're both equally as valuable. Uh, you know, real quick, one of my favorite questions that I've had people ask me is, uh, do I believe that God made man and women equal? And I look at them and I, and I just smile. Uh, as I mentioned, I come from a big, uh, strong, you know, Christian background and I say, 
that, you know, that's a, that's a yes and a no question. They usually look at me and they go, what do you mean yes and a no? You can't say that it requires both answers. I say, well, actually it does. I say, uh, no, in the sense that, like, I believe that men and women are both different, that my wife is a lot smarter than probably what I'll ever be. She's quicker. She's more logical. She can think things through a lot better than what I can. She's a better planner. Uh, you know, I'm quicker at math. I, you know, Colin, you mentioned you're a financial uh, a comedian, uh, which is awesome. Uh, you know, I can, I can do math in my head real quick. Uh, she gave birth to all three of my incredible daughters. That's something I will never, as a man, I will never be able to do. I will never be able to, to, to give life to, uh, to a human being. Like my wife did that. And we need to be in a place where we can go, wow, that is awesome. That's, you know, that's a gift that women have that, that men can't. But as men, we can share in that gift. And I think that that's where we get, you know, things wrong. Uh, finishing up my thought, the, the other side of that is that, uh, you know, God did create men and women uh, equal. And that is because men and women both have the exact same value assigned to them. My wife is just as, just as valuable as I am just because we were created different doesn't mean we're, you know, either one of us are uh, valued any less. And so, you know, what does it mean to be a man? Like to me, it means that, you know, have an attitude of servant leadership, have an attitude of constantly wanting to serve my wife constantly, <clears throat> excuse me, constantly, you know, trying to encourage her to achieve her goals and her dreams, pushing her forward. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's what it means to me. That's cool, Matt. Something I love about what you're saying is, I mean, I love this idea of being strong emotionally. I think that's just dead on. And we don't talk about that enough, I think, culturally. So, you know, that connects to a thought I have a lot, which is strength is not something that we show. It's something that we share. And I think that's very important because in culture, what do we see? We see strength shown. We see domination. We see intimidation. Um, I knew this guy years ago who could make you feel like the most fascinating person about the most mundane thing. He would just be like, wow. And then what happened? Wow. You felt like you were on a podcast all the time. And he left such a legacy on me because I think that his strength was that he made everyone around him feel strong and and it's like how do you feel around people how do how do they make you feel like that's what you think about when you think about that person and that was my friend Doug and he makes me think like I want people to feel strong around me so your story Matt your wife comes home she's exhausted if she can come home to an environment where her 50-50 partner is showing up, is making things manageable, is being there for her, like physically in terms of error, like tasks, but also emotionally, like, yes, that's awesome. That is masculine to me. That is awesome that you um, are seeking to do that. So I appreciate that, that story. Yeah. You know, Colin, I think it's a great point too about the, the kind of quiet and not showing the strength. And I, I, I think there's a lot of people out there, you know, will, if somebody overshows their strength, a lot of people get suspicious, right? They're like, oh, that person's making up for a lack. They're hiding something, you know, they really got it. They have a low ego and we know it, right? I mean, so the true strength, the powerful people are, are the ones that's, are, that quietly have that. They have the ability. They know it. They've got the confidence. They take care of business. They get things done. And society, as much as, you know, we see the shows, we see the guys throwing stuff around, being raised by TV and all, you know, we, we all, if we see that in real life, if we see somebody really getting too physical, too aggressive, too controlling, people say, oh, you know, that person is really not that strong. They don't have I'm dying to ask Leo a question here. Leo, I don't know a lot about your culture, but I just, I'm so refreshed by the way you seem to be defining masculinity on your terms already. And I know you got a lot of that from your mother, from your grandmother. Can you tell us more? Like, how did you, when did you first start to decide for yourself what it means to be masculine and, 
and you mentioned vulnerability, which is such an important thing. Like, we'd love to hear more about about your journey. I think it 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 only hit me after um, 2011 when my uh, sorry when my boy brother passed away in a car accident, and I talk about this as being a a life-changing moment in my life in my book and it just made me reevaluate everything about myself you know me and him we grew up together um, my father wasn't there but his father was there and so he would teach me everything his father taught him so I learned how to play basketball from him I learned how to ride a bike and 2011 he was gone you know and it just made me look back at life and look at myself and what I was doing. And immediately after that happened, I got on this journey of self-discovery and I started taking life a little bit more serious. And I enrolled into university. I got my first degree. Um, I went back and I got a second degree. I just finished two years ago. And throughout that journey, I've been defining myself and finding myself. And um, it happened last year after I came back home from university and um, I just was in a dark place. You know, I, I accomplished so much, but I felt so empty. You know, and I was like, why? Why do I feel so, so, so empty? Why do I feel so dark? You know, and I started doing this um, inner work. And I realized that I was traumatized, I was still traumatized by my father's absence. You know, I was doing all of this for the wrong reason. You know, and throughout this process, I've, I've just been, I've been discovering who I really am. I've been peeling back these, there, these layers of, of validation. I've been, I've been peeling back these layers of people pleasing and living for me now now i'm living for me now i'm not i'm not living for my boy brother anymore i'm not living for i'm not trying to find friends because the thing about having your father leave you is that you always feel like you have to win people over to stay in your life so you're always compromising yourself for others when your father's not there because you have that fear behind your head that they're going to step out they're going to leave and so i i felt into that you know and i'm not I, Writing this book, I was able to pinpoint that, that trait about myself. And I believe this whole process of writing a book reveals a lot about me and a lot about my masculinity, which is why the title of the book is so important to me. It's not a man's world because I, I, it was midway through the book that I realized that, wait a minute. Like, like I'm not living in a man's world, like the, the world I'm living in is very, very feminine. And I, and I look back over my life and realize that females played a very, very important role in who I was and who I am. And, you know, the book within itself is just a journey of self-discovery. Lydia, man, I love hearing about your story. I love hearing about your passion. And I think that that's one of the biggest reasons that we have to, like, that we have to remember that a raising tide does raise all ships. That when we, as a society, it's funny, we've, we, we've gone one way, right? So it used to be that we, as men, we pushed women down so that we could feel better about ourselves, so we could feel strong, so that we could feel better, so that we could throw stones, so that we could feel, you know, all big and powerful and, and, and stuff like that. And we've also seen in society over the past couple of years where women have come up and they've been like, okay, you know, no more, you, you know, you better back yourself up, you know, and have that attitude and, and push men down. And I think that, I think what Leo said, you know, is that's why it's so important to understand this concept of a raising tide raises all ships because we're, we're each unique. We're each special. And, and again, I'll, I'll bring it back to what Sean said, is that when we look at one another, we need to stop looking at it and go, oh, okay, you know, that's a man. He can do this, this, and this. Make out a small list of what he can and can't do. 
when we look at a woman, we need to stop saying, oh, you know, that's a woman. She can do this, this, and this, you know, and this. Instead, we need to look at, you know, men and women as, you know, this incredible, awesome team. Um, excuse me, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll bring my wife back up again. You know, like she's so, she's so incredible. And, the, you know, the, one of the biggest reasons I say that is because she, uh, she's got this selfless character about her where she has pushed me into being a better person. And as a man, I can only hope that I've done that, to, you know, to her. Uh, you know, Colin, you had mentioned uh, that marriage is 50-50. Uh, I actually, and I apologize, I would actually disagree with that. I would say marriage is 100%, 100%. See, and the reason I say that is because when my wife walks through that door, when she is, when she is anywhere on the phone, you know, whatever it is, 100% of me goes into making sure she is satisfied and making sure she is uh, comfortable to make sure she is, uh, you know, emotionally doing great to make sure she had, you know, she didn't have a bad, if she had a bad day at work, that she has a good day at home to make sure that she's got someone to help her with the kids and, and stuff like that. If 100% of my effort is going into her and, you know, it's not being pushed back and stuff like that. We, we have this awesome circle. Uh, you know, I, I'm wearing a, a wedding ring. Uh, you know, if, if it's 100% from and 100% from both people, then we get this awesome circle of marriage. Uh, I, I know I like, I've heard a lot about, you know, marriage being 50, 50. Uh, and I, I think that we have to be careful with that because when we do 50, 50, when we only give 50% of ourselves, we only get 50% back. Uh, I feel like I should clarify. <laughs> we are talking about the same proportions. <laughs> so 50% of 100% of the work that you need to do is what I mean. I'm not saying give 50% effort and then be like, what? <laughs> so I love what you're saying, but I feel like I should add that we are not, we're not disagreeing. <laughs> I'm just cracking up. I, I love you guys are running the show. It's so interesting because in the female um, podcast is so different. I'm loving the dynamics. I love that you guys are talking about authenticity and vulnerability because this is something I'm noticing that men are starting to talk about more, that men are talking about the fact that it's okay to be vulnerable. And I know for me as a female, I'm on my second marriage and had the concept of vulnerability and empathy. I heard that word thrown across. Had those been present, I, re I think that there would have been a, a big difference in family systems, in a lot of relationships, and a lot of things, because that is a growing, um, that is something that I think is missing in communication, and, and, and you talked about confidence, um, um, Sean, and it's just, it's so, all of that's relevant, and I think that as we talk about what it means to be a, a, a man, I had one of what it means to be a woman. And when you talk, when you break those up individually and then you put it together as a unit and as a team, these, you know, I'm writing my thesis right now about trauma and uh, perspective of adult relationships because even, you know, Leo talking about the absence of a father and he talked about being traumatized, we don't realize that that's trauma. And we're growing up with these missing pieces and we're just adding to it as we get older and we are repeating cycles that need to be broken. But if we're talking about what it is and y'all talk about being physically strong versus being mentally strong, to me, there's nothing sexier than a strong mental man. I, I could care less what you can lift. I can hire somebody to do that. At the end of the day, can I have a conversation with you? Can we talk about it? Can you think? Can you be the right side of my brain? Because the left side of my brain thinks a certain way. You know? And so we're supposed to compliment each other. And we're supposed to do these things for each other. And we're supposed to do it together. And so I'm loving this conversation. I got, I'm over here making plans for most conversations about what it means to be a man. And I'm not even a man. So my last question that I want you guys to answer and to uh, dispel rumors to the audience and also, you know, give your last words as you talk or whatever, but I want you guys to tell listeners, what stereotype do you want to dispel about men to the rest of the world? Didn't want to unmute there for a second. So, uh, you know, I think the thing, I would say is, you know, all men aren't the same. It's the same thing women would say, right? I hear it in a lot of women conversations. Hey, we're not all the same. Don't put us all in the same bucket. Don't treat us all the same. 
same for men. We are not all the same. Don't treat us all the same. Don't put us all in the same bucket. You can see there's a variety of characteristics. Um, you put together, a, you know, what appears to be a panel of guys that really care about women. They care about the culture and the society. You know, there's a lot of us out there. There are other men out there that don't have the same positive quality, but we all can't just be lumped together. So I think you've got you've to take the time uh, and, and unpack it. When I did my TEDx talk on women in business, one of the things I did was I looked at statistical studies. And if you look at those statistical studies, you can put men and women in situations, and men and women will behave differently, right? And for whatever reason, whether it's our biology, whether it's the way we're trained, doesn't matter. We do behave differently. Men and women act differently. But I think what we need to really do is unpack the fact that we're all individuals, we all have our individual characteristics, and then figure out what works. So, you know, for me, it's like, let's not just say all men are this or all men are that. We can say more men are likely to do this. Men might be interested in buying razors, you know, to shave their face more than women, right? I don't think anybody would argue about that kind of statistical analysis. But, um, you know, that type of things we know. But the rest of it, as far as, you know, you know, how caring is the person, you know, how macho are they? That's a person by person decision. So let's leave it to that and evaluate people based on who they are and, and what they bring to the table in, in various different situations. So I'll pass it to you, Colin. That's great, Sean. That, 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 uh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, we're not all the same. Um, and yet, something I struggle with, so I'm a big advocate for gender equity. So fair pay, fair opportunity, fair distribution of resources. And something that I struggle with is that how far am I willing to go to support that? How much of my own privilege am I willing to let go of to help other people feel strong and receive resources equally. And I think that what's tricky about that is that I don't know the answer. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm fighting pretty hard for it, but I also know that my experience has been so different from many of the women that I know when it comes to something like fair pay. So I think the stereotype I would like to dispel is the idea that men don't care that there is inequality in the world. <clears throat> I, do, I, don't think, <laughs> I don't think I would argue that we're all handling it perfectly or that we're actually solving the problem or that we're all like helping more than hurting. <laughs> I don't know that that's true, but I do believe that most of us really fundamentally care. Like did not, we did not vote for the world that we're in, we were born a certain gender, a certain race, a certain demographic, and then society rewards us differently based on that kind of lottery ticket, I suppose, that we got. So I think it's a long way of saying, I would want women watching this or Anika, <laughs> and also all of you to know that, like as men, I think it's so important that we, we care about a fair opportunity for everyone and that I hope people will believe that we wrestle with this and that we struggle with this and that we don't just like, we're like, Oh, cool. I get everything I want. That's rad. I, I don't think anybody thinks that way. I think it's just a matter of how do you change the system? So that would be my thought around like, we are not necessarily the enemy or we're not necessarily apathetic. We're just trying to figure out how we can be the best resource. So, um, you know, <laughs> be patient <laughs> while we try to show up. That would be my thought. Some great thoughts there. You know, I thought I knew what I was going to say. And, and then, you know, Sean and Colin kind of came and, and took it in uh, some, some great directions. Uh, you know, I would say, you know, I, I think Colin and Leo really hit the nail on the head. And that is, as men, we need to be, we need to be authentic. And that isn't just authentic, you know, physically. That isn't, hey, you know what, I can bench press 300 pounds or, you know, whatever it is. Is that as men, we need to be authentic who we are physically, mentally, and emotionally. Uh, and I think that one of the most powerful things that that can do is that that can, uh, that can put value into each one of us. You know, as men, we, we often forget 
uh, you know, where our value comes from and, and that we are valuable and, and stuff like that. And I promise this isn't contradicting what Colin's saying. <laughs> uh, you know, as I said before, you know, a, a raising tide raises all ships. And that includes all ships, you know, you know, both male and female. Because if men, as men, if we understand, you know, that we're valuable, that, you know, that the world created us or that, that God created us, you know, like whatever you believe that we're all valuable, that we were all created for a purpose. If I understand how insanely valuable I am to my family, to my wife, to my kids, that also means that I need to put that same exact value onto my wife, that she's precious, that she is incredible, that she is, you know, that she was created for a purpose. That means my kids were created for a purpose. That means that no matter, like I, I before this call, I didn't know any of the, the, for people that were in here with us, but understanding my own value, my wife's value, my kids value also means that each one of these people are valuable, no matter what their situation is, no matter what their story is, no matter what their experiences. Uh, and so understanding this insane value that each and every single one of us have, not just as men, but if you're a woman, you're listening to this, you are insanely valuable. I believe that you were, uh, that you were created for a purpose that you have meaning uh, you know, if you're a man, the exact same thing that you're uh, created for a purpose. That Nikwa's son that we just saw in the in the webcam. I don't know if this is just audio or or video as well, but he was created for a purpose. That he is special, and it doesn't matter whether you know there's a son or a daughter that comes on the camera. It doesn't matter whether somebody's white, black, if they're Mexican, if they're Japanese. But each and every single one of us are insanely valuable. That we all have a purpose, and that there's, there's a reason why, why we are all here. I think one stereotype, um, I would like to dispel is the one that, um, you are emotionless. Um, you don't feel emotions. Um, I'm a very, very sensitive person, you know, and, um, um, I know that doesn't fit the description of what society um, paints, the picture society paints as males, but I'm a very sensitive person and I know there's more sensitive males out there who suppress their emotions to fit in, you know, but I, I stand with the guys who want to stand with me and say, you know, I cried in some movies, you know, I feel hurt sometimes when things are said, you know, I, I, I stand with those guys, you know, and, um, just elaborating with what Sean said, you know, we all are different, you know, and I think we just need to find strength in being different, you know, find that strength in our difference as males and, and stand for who we are. You know? Leo, I love it, man. That's awesome. We are sensitive. <laughs> Why are we pretending we're not? Oh, it's so refreshing. Um, just a tip for all of you all, uh, Brene Brown's new special on Netflix is all about vulnerability and it's all about this kind of illusion of like, like, why are you so sensitive? You shouldn't be sensitive. And she's like, what is, what are we even talking about? Like we all are these complex beings with feelings and thoughts and hopes and dreams and fears and right. <laughs> it's just absurd that we would be like, be tough, man up feel nothing it's like why would you want to be that that's such a a boring road i mean look at you leo you embraced your sensitivity your your real experience the the women in your life and you wrote a book are you kidding me i'm like so impressed with you what if you tried to shut that off that'd be a very thin book yeah it's the truth you have to find that power and stand with your power yeah that's awesome yeah, Leo, I love what you said, and, and just tailbacking real quick. Uh, I love what you said, and, and Sean uh, said it first, is that we need to stand on our differences and the things that make us unique and the things that make us us. You know, there's three other men on this call, and not a single one of us are exactly the same. We all have our differences. We all have uh, different likes, different dislikes. We're all, you know, differently emotional chart emotionally charged or however you would say that but i love what colin and, and leo what you guys said earlier and that's that we need to be authentically us we need to be uh unapologetically us 
you know, and there's nothing wrong with that, that, you know, if, if we watch a, a movie, uh, if we go and watch a chick flick in the theater, we're allowed to cry. We're allowed to, uh, we're allowed to allow that movie, you know, to hit us in the heart, you know, and there's so many men out there who, oh, you know, I don't want to be seen in a chick flick because that'll, you know, make me look weak. And if you're not letting your emotions, if you're not being strong physically, mentally, and emotionally, the man, you are weak. I just dropped the mic on what he, that's it. That's all he has to say about that. I agree. So uh, Sean shut me up earlier because I have this saying that I always say is that my husband does man things like backing in the car. I'm like, that's such a man thing. So he said, we're not all alike. So I'm going to digress and behave. So anywho, I want to thank you guys for being here because this is a conversation that we could have like once a month or once a week or every day. I swear. I love it because I think that it's important for our kids, for even people that are grown to know that it's okay to start these conversations at any point. There is never, it's never too late. It's never, you know, the same thing about following your dreams, you know, it's just, it's never too late. So I want to thank each of you guys for being here because I've learned a lot, but more importantly, I think the universe, you know, will align if we continue to do what we're doing and educating people in a fun way, because people don't even realize that they're getting educated by our conversations. And that's what it's all about. So I want to thank you guys for being here. Um, any last words for listeners from any of you? Fantastic. Just think differently, folks. Go out there and challenge the assumptions and make your own analysis and really think outside the box. I think that's the most critical thing if you ask me what to think about. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, be, be the difference, you know, most movements in our society or in our history started with somebody thinking differently. You know, when you look at, you know, the massive movements, the awesome things that have happened to, you know, the human race and stuff, it's all because somebody decided to sit here and say, Hey, you know what, this, the, the norm isn't good enough anymore. You know, and you know, I would encourage it, you know, each one of the men, each one of the, the dads, uh, out there to, you know, instead of manning up, you know, quote unquote, what society says man up, I would encourage you guys all the data to understand your own awesome, you know, value, not only your own awesome value, but uh, understand that you're valuable uh, to your, you know, not only your spouse, but you're insanely valuable to your kids, get into those kids lives, make a difference. You are the difference. I, I would say, um, at the end of the day, we all have a story and find your story within yourself and don't be afraid to share it because you never know what's going to benefit from your story. Um, and that's, of course, all gender. Um, we all have a story, you know, this is our hero's journey and don't be afraid of the journey and the process of becoming your true self. Um, you're going to continue to share back the layers of, of, of falsehood that society has pushed on us. And we're going to find that truth. And we're going to lift that truth. I don't have anything to add. These guys are all so brilliant. <laughs> I'm exhausted. <laughs> what he said, what he said, what he said, what you said. <laughs> Smart man. Smart man. All right, listeners. I want to thank you guys for tuning in to another edition of Your Voice, Your Power. This is a power panel of what it means to be a man. And don't forget, no matter where you are, stay powerful.